Welcome back to the Maximum Cricket Podcast. This is episode number 61. My name is Munta, and on today's show, Australia are saved by the rain, but not before Zach Crawley makes me eat my own words with a breathtaking hundred. Speaking of hundreds, Manus finally broke the duck and in the end helped Australia with some massive help from the rain, save the test, and in turn retain the urn. We have Jacko and we have a post-holiday luxury Boys, straight into it here. After day three of the fourth Ashes Test, England have dominated probably 90 to 95% of that Test match and we're steering down the barrel of tying that Ashes up to all, heading into a tasty finale at the Oval next week. Unfortunately, that will be taken away because of the rain. Lugsy, let's start with you because you are back from a massive boozy holiday. Um, yeah, welcome back. Not that boozy. And yes. secondly... <laughs> Um, good to be rained there. out tests, real nemesis of test cricket. Um, is there anything worse? Yeah. Um, in life, no. Um, certainly not in cricket, but in life also, not really. Um, the way you were just summing up how good that fifth test could have been as well. I mean, that almost sticks a knife on one last time for us, really, doesn't it? Um, just the way this Ashes is built from the first test. Um, England sort of coming out a bit bit off, but we can talk about, I guess, in a, few, in a bit more later. But, like, England just building so nicely towards this crescendo. That would have been a big last test. I have no doubt, even though Aussie was slowing down, that they would have came out all guns firing for that fifth one. And we could have had the, a real great series and we've sort of been robbed of that. So, apart from the Australian fans, who I'm sure are fizzing, I think 99% of the neutral are, are pretty gutted with the... The rain coming. Jacko, what did you make of it? Yeah, I mean, sort of on review, it's got to be bittersweet for England. Um, obviously, bitter that the urn's gone, but sweet that Zach Crawley is actually a test opener now, um, as opposed to what the TMC was saying about him. So, you know, Chennai Super King, Zach Crawley, just add him to the list. We've motivated. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, as Crom said, just as the uh, as a neutral, we've just been yeah, robbed of what could have been one of one of the best test matches maybe ever, um, and it's just going to go down as sort of the series that of, of what ifs now. Um, yeah, I think the, the couple of big ones. Like what if England had picked Wood and Wokes earlier, and, and what if the spinners didn't get injured, and, and now what if there's no rain? So um, yeah, a bit of a shame. It's funny how you you sort of you hit six or seven, and all you hope for is rain to cool cricket off, and that sort of goes until you make it to a high level or you're watching high level and then suddenly rains the, rains the devil again because, yeah, there's nothing better than a rainy day when you're a club cricketer, but, yeah, something, the flip, the switch changes and you, and you get high enough up that you go, oh, actually, okay, I do want to be back out there playing. So, yeah, j- just a dagger that we're, we're missing out on, on what we're shaping up to be, one of the one of the great great series-ending tests ever, maybe. As producer Gav once said, no one, no one hates cricket more than club cricketers hoping for it to rain when you're playing because you don't have to deal with it. But when you're watching, that's where you don't want it. But I was oh, just thinking I mean, about how how we didn't get the the grandstand finish uh, in, at the Oval. And we didn't even get a grandstand finish in this test. Like it would have been, it would have been a different story if it's like day five um, and it's just like nine men around the bat, Australia trying to survive, trying to regain the urn and you know, it goes one way or the other. Like that would have been something that would have added to added to the 
to the legacy of the series, but it just feels like it's it's now, I don't know if we can call it the greatest series ever because going into the last test, it just doesn't have the same uh, feeling. So, um, yeah, bit of a shame, bit of a shame. So, just on that, um, just yeah, on like, that club cricket thing. It's been a, there's actually been a few times where we've um, we've been out playing, hoping to get rained out, just so we can go inside to watch the Black Caps. Literally yeah. just <laughs> just giving up playing, just so we can get inside and actually watch other guys do it. Oh yeah, we'd rather do like everything cricket related except actually play. So boys, like obviously everyone, every man and their dog at the moment is just trying to change the rules of cricket, trying to change the fact that there's no roofs on these grounds um, all of a sudden for no reason at all. Um, and I, I just wanted to capture it. So I, so I chucked up a story on Instagram and asked for some help from our, our followers for this opening segment. We wanted solutions for rain and loss of overs as it's cricket's biggest nemesis. So we basically asked, how can we fix this problem? And the two most co- common suggestions were building a roof on every cricket ground in the world uh, and have extra days available to either play or make up the overs. Um, there were a couple others, but these were the real common denominators. So, um, Jacko, give me some visceral takes on on these suggestions. Um, do you do you rate it? Are you, are you pro it or are you anti it? Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll start before I really launch. We'll start with the extra days. Um, I suppose we've got we've got twenty five days for this series. I mean, losing two unfortunately has been a massive effect on it. But yeah, I think adding a day here or there, it's it's where do you where do you start? Where do you stop? Um, is there only extra days in the Ashes and World Test Championships and and what series add? Because yeah, I don't, I don't know if like I want to see us play an extra day against. You know, Sri Lanka at the end of the summer when we've scored seven hundred and and now been out twice. Like, there's scales to it. I don't, I don't it. think then... we just keep playing, Jack. I think it's only for rain. If oh yes. Really, Kane's just seeing them well. Imagine losing yeah, by just imagine that. losing but by yeah. two innings. <laughs> yeah, be quite something. But yeah, I think I think the West Indies are about to merit for a yeah, geez, they they would have asked for an extra one at the start, um, but yeah, and I think I think the roof is just such an. I just can't see that happening. I just can't see that as a solution. I think, what are we like? Are we putting a sail up? Are we putting a like? Is it just going to be a giant tent over the ground? Like, how do we actually practically do that over cricket ground? The roof is just. Do people have no concept area. of money? Do people have no concept of money nah. and how these things are built? Test cricket is scraping by, and we want to put like twenty million dollar roofs on every stadium. Um, but yeah, I think in fairness, you just asked the, the solutions, Monta. Yeah, well, they're yeah, not exactly. really. You just had a more problems. <laughs> yeah, it would in the long run. Oh, um, but yeah, I think I think the roof is just like it is. It does solve an issue, but it doesn't like change the fact that test cricket's test cricket, and it is. Like the elements are involved. Like there's something about the weather on day one. Does it look like it's going to swing versus yeah. is there rain coming? And, and Crawley's got to bat and bat quickly. So, yeah, I think if we, if there is that element to test cricket of like, you know what, if you do win the toss and get the best of conditions, that's just how the game plays out. So 
Um, you'd lose a lot of the magic if you if you just chucked a roof on and you know everyone plays in the same conditions all year round sort of thing. So yeah, I'm I'm a big no on the roof, but I think there's some scope for extra days, especially if we're pantsing people at home. Just chuck them on there. Um, Lugsy, what did uh, what did you think of some of those suggestions? Yeah, um, well, I mean, I mean, we just can't do a roof, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> that's just not an option. <laughs> um, it's that simple. Um, I know this is yeah a bit of an old one, but like I can accept the roof, like when they play some some grounds in Aussie, and you got a roof on it's T twenty, it hits the roof, and it's a bit of fun for everyone. Um, I can accept that, but I, can, I you just can't accept it in a test cricket. I'm sorry. Um, as Jacko says, the rain's probably it rears its ugly head, but it's less and less having even a factor though. Like as in, in general, games are games are getting shorter and shorter, and and rain's having a little effect. Um, so obviously, this is like the highest stakes, and it's played a major role. So obviously, it's going to get attention for right now. But honestly, people. People will be over this in a, you know, in a few months and rain won't be an issue. Um, extra time. Um, practically, I guess, with deals and with Sky and everything, you can't just add a day here and there. There's just too many commitments. Um, but as you see, in the odd test, it can work, but that's just going to be a massive rabbit hole of if all tests get an extra day or if only some do. So unfortunately, it's not really a solution either. Um I'm sorry to steal your point here, Munter, that you raised earlier. Um, but just getting a just getting a general like, if we can just once and for all really fix and just playing ninety overs, like the game's ninety yeah. overs, you don't just see a rugby league game go seventy minutes because they're tired or like because they're fucking around. Like <laughs> I don't know, I just this seems like it feels like it's fixable, and it's just like every now and then everyone gets up in arms about it. And then we all say nothing and they'll just continue to play 75 overs. Like, that's the biggest one that's in the control of the actual players. What, what sort of bothers me about the, um, I guess, the the time, uh, the lack of overs in a day is I don't, to me, it doesn't bother me as such, like if they get the overs in. But when you now need that extra time, you can't then complain about there's no extra time. Mm. Like when I've got, when you've got Joe Root saying, 100%. oh, why can't we just play till 10 o'clock? So why can't you just play 90 overs? Why, why can't you just... And then you'd have extra yeah. time. Like not maybe play you, till 10 o'clock and still not get the 90. It's no. like, well, if, you like... Used, if you use all that time that you had available at the start and then you ran out of time, it would feel sorry for you, but you can't waste yeah. time throughout the whole test and then say and then complain there's not enough time. Like, let's play till 10 o'clock. It's like, well, that's ridiculous. So Yeah. I think, like, touching on that, there's... Potentially, you could look at maybe the session times. Like, test cricket's quite rigid in terms of, like, each session's just two hours and it's 90 in a day. Whereas, like, you know, your first-class crickets, you're, you're actually getting an extra hour of cricket in just by starting sort of half an hour early and having that slightly different session times. I think it's 2.30, 2.20 and 2 in, in first-class cricket, and, and that's 100, and 100 overs in a day, I think, maybe 110 even. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you just extend those session times, even by sort of 20 minutes and 10 minutes and, and start half an hour early, we, we might even eliminate that, um, that, that need. And if you, if you are getting a hundred overs in in a day, you're actually almost getting a full, full extra day, just over half a day of test cricket and potentially, 
Um, and then, as you said, like games, are, games aren't going that long. But yeah, if you, maybe if you just extend things in general just a little bit, um, pack a bit more into each day, we might might avoid losing these games to rain a bit a bit more often. Hundred um, percent. Yeah, yeah. Just be a bit more flexible with those times. Like you can maybe maybe sort of um, try and like if you know if you know there's bad rain around, like you can sort of move around your your lunches or your teas and like if you're having if you, if the weather's good like maybe don't take lunch for another half an hour try and make the most of it things things like that i think you're right we could be a bit more flexible um but let's 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 wind back the clock let's let's start it back at day one or um, a few days before actually when the the two 11s were named england unchanged they've persisted with mo and ali at three um Australia, they made a couple of changes. Hazelwood in for Bol- uh, Bolland wasn't a massive surprise, but there was a bit of talk about around Green or Marsh, and they've gone for both. Uh, Green came in for uh, Murphy, which meant that he had no spinner for the first time in a sh- long, long time, uh, and Alex Curry batted at eight. Um, uh, Jacko, what, what were your thoughts on those 11s? Um, when they were named yeah um i'll touch on one thing briefly which didn't get in the trial run but uh i'm not about this england naming their test team like 17 days before the game starts name it at the toss then have some intrigue i just i just don't i can't get around that being named like 48 hours into before then but hold on are the ashes tonight it's like oh no we're still four days away england have just like shown their hand um but yeah i mean for me, it felt like England got the recipe right towards the back end of that third test and, and throughout it. So, um, yeah, that Brooks feels like a number five in test cricket. I think that's his, his natural spot. And if Moen's putting his hand up to bat three and, and doing an okay job, I think they, they're happy to, to stick with it. Um, Wokes and Wood, just electric. They, they've changed the series. They flipped it on its head, almost sort of just the two of them alone. Um so yeah, England England did what they needed to. I think they they couldn't have changed after that win and that momentum. So was really happy with that side. And then yeah, it just, it felt like Aussie picked a side to retain the Ashes. Um, it didn't didn't really like. Obviously, they're trying to win these games, but I mean, Alex Carrier eight is is very deep, especially with sort of Stark and Cummins nine and ten. Um, it's a it's a very long batting order. Um, they probably knew there was a bit of rain about and just thought well. Shit. we're just going to have to get into half lane of day four and if things aren't over, we've, we've, we've kept the end. So, yeah, they, they got themselves into that position by playing some really good cricket at the start of the series. So, I mean, hats off to them for, for picking that. I suppose it could be a different story if you guys kicked on on day one. Um, they were probably all, they were underdone there. They should have scored probably 400 plus. But, yeah, they picked the side and with the rain around and, they got the draw and they keep the urn. So that's all she wrote. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, Lugsy, what did you what did you make of, of the elevens? Were you surprised at all? No, I I wasn't. I um and obviously the way that played out that last test, you can't even really get a reading on it. It felt like if it went five days, um it might have cost Australia not having a spinner. Um but I, at the time, I was honestly, I was all for it. I just think sometimes you just got to pick your best 11 players. Um, 
having Marsh and Cam Green at, at sort of in general, you'd say it throws out your balance a bit. It feels like there's only need for one of them. Um, but I just don't think you could have dropped, obviously dropped Marsh. And I don't think at the moment you, you don't want Cam Green in your side. So I was actually fine with it all. Um, as you said, Jack, I think Mo and Elliot three, I mean, he wants to do the job. And if that's the sort of, that's their motto at the moment, isn't it? They're all about giving their guys who have got a bit of confidence to tell them to go out and do it. So I think Brendan would have just been like, mate, if you're, if you're wanting to do it, you go do it. Um, so I was happy with him at three as well. Um, so I was actually happy with both sides. One thing I'll add uh, that you guys didn't touch on was, well, you did, but um, I guess the key was like Todd Murphy isn't Nathan Lyon. So it's not yeah. when you need a spinner, it's not like you're replacing, you know, one of the best spinners in the world with another greatest spinner in the world. Like it's a bit of an unknown with Todd Murphy. And it just felt like if they weren't going to trust him that they needed to to look elsewhere. I just think they wanted certain players on the park and that's where they went to. So, and we'll, we'll discuss the bowling effort a bit later on, but um, so yeah, just England won the toss um, just for a change and they decided to chase um, in test cricket, which is basically their mantra now. Um, Australia better well, but they just couldn't quite get away from England. If someone had offered Australia that five out of the top six would make 30 plus with Warner being one of them and not getting out to broad, I think Australia bite your hand off at that. <laughs> you would expect one of those five to go on to get a big score. Unfortunately for them, the top scorer was only 51, Marnison Mitchell Marsh. England were just able to pick up wickets regularly enough to keep Australia to, well, at the time, um, well, definitely now, but a below par 317. Chris Wokes took his first fifer against Australia with five for 62. Uh, you touched on it before, Jacko, but what an incredible selection and story this is for Chris Wokes. Thoroughly underappreciated, but him and Wood have obviously changed the series. Um, like I said, Jacko, if I had said one bowler would take 12 wickets at 19 and another bowler would take four wickets at 76 and you had to choose between Chris Wokes and Jimmy Anderson, who would you think would have been the better bowler coming into the series? Oh, yeah. I mean, as you said, as I've said previously, I don't even think Wokes was in the squad. Uh, that's sort of how forgotten about he'd become in the English cricket scene. Um, it was sort of, you know, Broad Anderson, Woods there, these young sort of top leagues coming through, and, and Robinson's got this amazing record, and, and he just was this forgotten man. And, yeah, I mean, for those stats, for that to be him and, and Anderson to be an afterthought is, yeah completely contradictory to what, what we all sort of probably thought was going to happen for this series. I think I think you can sort of tell by the way the commentators talk about him, though, that he's – I think he's quite rated, and I think everyone feels a bit sorry mm. for him that he's just came around at this time. Um, I think, like, yeah. it's just – unfortunately, you just can't, you know, pick them over the years. Um, but I think – I don't know. There was just – it seemed especially in the commentary, like, a lot of people very happy to see him get that fire for against Australia. Mm, definitely yeah, felt like seems... that sort of little era where England weren't too good. He was almost the scapegoat and the same as rankings. Yeah. Like because Broad and yeah. Anderson have their records, they were always going to sort of survive. And you had like Wood and Archer coming through, so they were always going to survive because they're both quick. And it just felt like Wokes is sort of, you know, high one thirty swing bowling and a bit of batting just just sort of caught the brunt of some some underwhelming performances as a, as a unit, as opposed to him 
actually been the worst player. So, yeah, it's been fantastic to see. And, and he's changed the series completely, I think. 100%. He's just added a little bit of zip off the pitch that perhaps some of the other bowlers haven't sort of um, been able to add. And you add that with his sort of batting, I think. When you have, you have him at eight, it just adds another sort of depth to that batting lineup that they probably didn't have. Like, I think if you had, you know, Brawl coming at eight, or was, yeah, Brawl coming at eight, just, it, it just feels like three spots too high. Um, Worst day is high for Broad now. <laughs> so Australia made that 317, um, which felt sort of par, below par, but it very quickly became extremely below par. And that's because England finished day two at 384 for four off just 72 overs. Zach Crawley, 189 off just 182. Player of the match. Unbelievable. Before we get into my apology, um, it's fair to say that this is probably why they backed him for so long. It's not necessarily... You're recording that separately because of its length, Munter, or...? <laughs> I'll cut this out. Cut this out. Um, at the end. Yeah. Um, but it's just like, the, it's just the way he scores his runs. It's the pace he scores his runs. Like, his ability to put a bowling side under pressure like no one else can because of that length. Um, so, I kind of... So, my question to you guys is, um, we'll start with you, Lugsy. Do we do we get it? Do we get the Zach Crawley experience now? Well, I'm going to be a brave man if I come out and say no after that performance, aren't I? Um, so I, I don't. I think you've said, and, and you're obviously copping the most of this month of being the front man for the pod. So, and we'll just let you cop that. Um, but I think I think even in your defence, you've said a few times you get his talent. Um, you just think against good bowling attacks with it moving around a bit, he can't survive. And and I like I was going to message the group. I mentioned this, and I don't know why I'm saying this when no one knew. But like it was about thirty odd not out, and I was thinking out of every sort of six or seven balls, he looks bad for five of them, and he creams one of them for four and, and a remarkable shot. Um, so like, I don't think he still looks like the greatest opener and maybe like, maybe just cause of what we grew up on the way test cricket was, where maybe we still have a want for like a traditional opener with a sound defense. Um, I don't know, but he still plays and misses it a lot and can look pretty ugly, but I'm not going to throw a flag on a friggin' amazing, amazing performance where he's just taking it to one of the best bowling attacks in the world and, and sort of on the top of the bounce, creaming them to all, all parts of the boundary. So there's not a lot you can really say, is it? It's amazing performance. Oh, I just need a minute to sort of collect my thoughts here before I have, have yeah, a crack. Okay. So where are you at there, Jeff? Yeah. yeah, I mean, if, if we look back, ball one of the series, pretty ominous for you, wasn't it? Um, well, for the pod <laughs> as a whole. So I think, as, as Crom said, we, we were all relatively... I like it's, I like it's for me, Crowley, like we but... just... It's just my yeah. take now. <laughs> yeah. Well, as, as you in the heart, you've been taking the brunt of it. But if if, uh, if you go, if you go back, Crom and I were all about Zach Crawley. No, obviously he's, he's just, has has his faults as a test opener, um, which we've seen. And then, but yeah, every now and then, an innings like that, you can you can brush over getting bowled or sort of nicking off to white half volleys a few times if. You know, once a series or when games are on the line, he's going to do that. So just a fantastic innings. And I think after two days, it was probably 
like we talked about loving that Aussie selection, but after two days, it was sort of worst case for them because um, they picked a side to bat deep and everyone got a start and no one got going and they were sort of skittled for 300 where they, they probably should have scored, you know, well into the 400s. So, and then for England to just bludgeon them for a day, it really felt like sort of worst case for Aussie. Um, so, yeah, I mean, after two days, England, that was just baseball at its peak. I thought we were, we were sort of going towards something something really special and I suppose we'll touch on it when we get to day three, but that Stokes' declaration has come under a bit of, bit of fire. But yeah, through two days, you couldn't have faulted England one bit, I didn't think. And yeah, then, um... I mean, I will, I, I guess I guess this is probably the time where I will, I mean, I have made an apology video, which um, it wasn't really an apology because I, I do sort of stand by my comments to a degree. Like, like Lagsy said, <laughs> Um, I potentially went a little bit harder than I needed to. Um, and that's the power of um, social media, I guess. You, you do that every now and then. Um, but I guess like my issue along the line was just the the lack of Im- improvement. It was just like they kept he kept banging his head against the wall, um, expecting a different result. And I still think he's sort of changed that a little bit because it's not just one good innings. I think he's been good the whole series. Like he's, he's sort of put the... Australia bowlers under pressure. Uh, I mean, he's a top leading leading run scorer, but he's been quite selective in the way he goes about it. Like, I don't think it's just as reckless as it was. Having said that, I did read a couple of stats that would suggest that Lugsy is onto something with the way he uh, the way he did it. Um, yeah, so he basically it was uh, apparently they have this like shot control stat. So they they um it's like crick vis or whatever like that. And Zach Crawley's hundred is the sixth um luckiest hundred of all time, apparently, since they did it. So um terrible innings. <laughs> so uh, you can always um, find a stat to back your take up, eh? You can always yeah, find something. Yeah, you somewhere. can dig <laughs> I'm like I'm like you one of those. I'm like one of those COVID people. <laughs> nah, it doesn't work. Um yeah, for sure. Um, so obviously England, oh, we touched on it. England ended up with five for 92 off 107 overs. Uh, after day three, six of England's top seven would make 50 plus. Mo and Ali 50, Root 80 odd, Brooks 60, Stokes 51, Bearstow 99 not out, not out off 81 balls. Any of those innings particularly stand out, boys? Yeah, I mean, feels like Bearso's lost all kudos for that hundred for raising his bat on the way off uh, for his ninety nine. Did see a snap of that, which is a touch, yeah, touch tough. But no, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but no, Bearso I thought particularly good. Obviously, cruelly immense, but um, yeah, there's a lot of heat on a few of these English kids, um, especially sort of Bearso the way he's kept a little bit and. Where the runs haven't been there, but it looks like he's getting back to his sort of best form, which is is great for the game in general because he's truly is probably one of the great batting talents going around in world cricket. So um, yeah, it was great to see for for BSO to be back in a way. I just I just think it had it had just sort of was the innings they had been wanting to play this whole series. Like I think England came out and we just in these first couple of tests especially, and we're just so almost desperate to prove baseball works that they went 
like they just went blew their load. Like they just went too hard too early. Um, without like they just went we've over the top, been there. you know. Well, we've all been there. <laughs> yeah, well, haven't we? But, but yeah, they were just honestly like a, I don't know why I'm keeping going here. They were like like a young, oh, you know, young so guy hot. out. <laughs> they were like they were just like a young guy going out drinking with older mates and sort of trying to prove he can drink and just nicking them too quick. And they were just like we really we think baseball's the way to go, and we're just going to go so hard so early and like. It was just almost a bit much, and then it's like they rethought it after the break and came back for those third and fourth tests, and it actually like controlled themselves a bit more and got the actual innings up they're capable of because they don't obviously the way they play it they don't need to force it even more. They're all like unbelievably talented guys, and they sort of had a bit more control and like just played you know unbelievable shots, and it was like the innings we were all waiting for I guess this whole time. Yeah, well, well summed up, lads. I won't, I won't touch on too much more than that, but I do want to bring attention to Australia with the ball. Um, obviously, Hazelwood managed five, uh, well picked by the way, Jacko. Um, five, My but job. it was, yeah, but it was five for one hundred and twenty-six. So I can't imagine he's getting that ball mm-hmm. on a trophy. Five, on the mantelpiece sort of thing. Like, remember my um, Pfeiffer at Old Trafford? Um, yeah, but, Munter, I will say in 10 years, that's a Pfeiffer in the game they retain the urn in England. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, this is, like Scal- this is like Scalabrini w- winning an NBA championship when he's, like, yeah. changing changing how many minutes he's played by the by the decade, which yeah. I rate. To be fair, um, just about now, that's probably five for 30-odd Josh is walking around the change now, Charlie. Go on. <laughs> Do you How hard are they rape? going? You reckon on a on a complete <laughs> side note? Are they going hard? Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, many, I think because of twenty nineteen, the Southern Cross. I think because yeah. of twenty nineteen, they they because they admitted they went too hard, um, and then like basically <laughs> just lost them lost the last test when they really shouldn't have. They're sort of pretty focused on winning it. I was um, um yeah. Just, I think they still want to get that winning series off the monk back off the back, don't they? Yeah, I've I've been pretty impressed with like Marnus. I've seen a few interviews with Marnus, and he's he's quite good listen, oh, to yeah. listen to because he's pretty open. Um, and like he yeah. seems like he's itching to win this fifth test. Um, I don't know how, how. I was just thinking about this earlier. Sorry to go off topic, but I'm completely lost with how I feel about Marnus as a bloke. Like I've gone ups and oh, downs. Yes. Like where where are we at? I, I mean, first on the scene, I was like, "This guy loves Girk. I rate it. He's playing unreal." Then I just got a bit sick of him, like hearing him chirp the whole time, and it was pretty poor chatter. And now I've heard him a few times. I'm like, back to sort of quite liking him. I'm a bit lost with Marmus. Yeah, I was, I was, I was, I was ready to touch on this. It's been what a couple of days for our Marmus. I mean, a <laughs> hundred gets the gets the monkey off the bat. You know, can't score runs away from home. And then that that little interview clip of a guy asking him, like, you know, would you guys yeah. declare? And he's just like, so dumbfounded. He's like, well, no, like, the urn's ours if we just, like, draw this game. Like, what do you mean? And yeah. then that, like, that bit of just, you know, him getting to see the new ball and then getting a hoop and inning and being ready for it, and just sort of getting under the skin a bit. I thought, Fantastic couple of days for Manus and his brand. Big comeback. Well, he was like Manus was like he was he was like we'd be only like sixty a hit. Like, what do you mean? Like, what do you yeah. what do you think we're gonna like? <laughs> we can't win. Like, not everyone yeah. has to play that. Way. We're sixty behind. Like, yeah, he's like, like, yeah. There's no way we can get into a winning <laughs> position in this test match. <laughs> um, but I was happy that he got that hundred. He might as well push forward to talk about his hundred. Um, mm. 
because it, that felt that felt very important. Like I, I it, not obviously like they didn't play the they didn't play on the fifth day, so um, it wasn't as important. But just just feels like going into that fifth test, having Manus getting Manus a score, like you see, getting that monkey off the back. How important do you think that was? Oh yeah, massive. I think. Aussie is such a good team at home because Manus is is really, really good in Australia. And that three and four of, you know, when the openers are done, you've got Manus coming in who scores runs for fun and, and then you've got one of the greatest batters of the generation. Um, and Aussie just felt a bit frail at the top in this series at times um, with Manus not not scoring runs and, and Warner getting out to broad sort of left, right and centre. So I think it, it just shores up that batting a little bit more and, and really just rounds out how Aussie want to play. So, um, yeah, in terms of, you know, Test 5, if Manus was informed going into Test 5, it's it's huge for him and it's huge for the series because he, he would have heard all that chatter around can't score runs away from home and and everything. So, yeah, to just that prove yourself moment of, you know, Ashes hundreds away from home are really big moments for batters like that. So, yeah, massive for him. Yeah, I, I get the feeling um, he reads absolutely everything. And he is absolutely yeah. like he just friend of the show. He just seems, a, yeah. He's he's a student of the game, man. He just loves it. It was it was cool to hear him with talking with Punter, and I think Ponting sort of talked about how you could see Mun. He was like he wasn't obviously in the best nick, but it was building. Um, mm. and so to to yeah for him to finally get the ton, I think everyone as cricket fans sort of likes to see that, and it's it's obviously going to mean nothing in the end. But that's still a very important hundred. Like you don't know going into day five, it's just going to piss down and mean nothing. But no. at the time, it was still pretty crucial hundred. So yeah, I thought without really those good runs, things. And, yeah, yeah, like without those runs, they could have lost that test. Yeah, like if he goes out for twenty or thirty, they're like they're probably one sixty to six or seven, and that they could get run through very easily. So. Um, yeah, in the in the context of the game, one of the one of the bigger Ashes hundreds in a while, probably when you look back at it from an Aussie perspective. Righto, that is us for another week. If you enjoyed the show and you want a little bit more content, check out patreon.com slash maximum cricket to support us for one coffee a month. Almost less than a coffee uh, nowadays, to be fair, because some of those coffees are expenny as you like. You will be getting the following the exclusive audio to one extra podcast that is out every Friday, early access to the main podcast, special access to TMC's Discord channel, which is still to be set up. Uh, anyways, uh, and the first priority for questions when we do our live Q&A at the end of the Ashes. If you can't join it but you still want to support the cause, please leave a like, give us a rating, subscribe on YouTube, or leave us a review on Apple. This all helps us grow as as a community and get discovered thank you all for listening thanks to jacko and luxie of course we will catch you next week